Hola amigos, welcome to episode two of season two of my podcast, My Mexican Mistakes. I moved to Mexico in June of 2019, having never been to Mexico before, not really speaking much of the language except for my telenovela Spanish, and I don't understand the metric system. So what I do in Mexico is make a lot of mistakes. I always have fun making the mistakes. Well, maybe not in the exact moment of making the mistakes, but it's always fun thinking about them later. And it's always a great experience because I've learned something, even if it's something simple like the sidewalk may come to an end. So pay attention when you're walking. And when I say the sidewalk may come to an end, I mean literally there'll just be a sheer drop in the sidewalk for no apparent reason or no good reason that I can see. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. Season one was all about my new life in Mexico City because that's where I spent the first six months of my life in Mexico. Now I have moved on to the Nayarit Riviera, or perhaps as it is said, Riviera Nayarit. I don't care where Riviera goes in the title. I just can't believe I'm living on a Riviera. Um, but it's like the beach area of the west coast of Mexico in and around Puerto Vallarta. And when you get to Puerto Vallarta, you're in the state of Jalisco. And then when you go a little bit north of Puerto Vallarta to where I am, Sayulita, you're in Nayarit, the state of Nayarit. And I hope that's right, because I spent a lot of time studying the map before I delivered that geography speech. And that basically ends the limits of my geography knowledge, especially of Mexico. So now I'm going to move on. So I'm in Sayulita. I did a podcast two weeks ago, giving you a little bit of insight into what life is like in a town where there's basically one main road, you can never get lost, and there's tons of hippies young and old, but I'm going to say more old than young, wandering around the streets barefoot. Many people have surf uh, surfboards on their head because there's a lot of surfers. Some people walk around with gigantic platters of donuts on their head that they uh, actually take from the bakery. They bring from the bakery in a bigger city nearby uh which I guess is Puerto Vallarta, but I think it's maybe not quite as far as Vallarta. Vallarta is about an hour from here by car through mountain roads. I would not carry a tray of donuts on my head for an hour through mountain roads. Um, it's the jungle, and the, the but they walk, these individuals that sell donuts walk around with these trays of donuts on their head. And I always want to capture a photo of it, but I haven't managed to yet because they move pretty pretty quickly with that large tray of donuts, and they're bringing the donuts to the beach, to sell on the beach. Um, so I don't even know how I got off on that track, but that's the kind of stuff you see around here. Um, people who sell hats walk around with like 172 hats on their head all stacked up. It's an art. Carrying things on your head is an art, um, an art I will never learn. Um, but it's, you'll see, I've seen a lot of stuff here I've never seen in my life. 
uh, and that also includes, um, you know, I, I don't know. It includes everything you can imagine, from trucks, and I mean semi tractor trailers that will drive in reverse up a hill to make a delivery. To me, it seems easier to park at the bottom of the hill and just bring the stuff up on dollies. But no, they, I think they're just showing off. They actually turn in reverse, drive up the hill in reverse, stop, park it, and then make their deliveries. Again, and I know I probably said this in the last podcast, but I don't think I'm ever going to see better drivers in my life than in Mexico. But here's something I may or may not have mentioned uh, when I talked about the trucks and the cars. Okay, so Sayulita is built into hills. Happily, I live at the base of the hill. Um, but I see, you know, every day I see hundreds of people going up and down the hill. But what I, when I first got here, I noticed a lot of huge rocks in front of my place, like huge rocks. And my first thought was, you know, some construction truck um, dropped them there or something. I could not understand what these, you know, there are about 10, not boulders. It's not like Fred Flintstone is living here, but pretty big rocks kind of at the curb. And then I saw in the next couple of days what those rocks are used for, because I did move a couple of them off to the side, but they were right back uh, where I found where I left them, or I should say right back where I, where I found them when I first got here. The rocks are used to um, basically put behind one tire of a 18-wheeler or of a Volkswagen. Apparently, all you need is one big rock under the tire to keep the vehicle from rolling downhill. Now, I am no physics expert, and I don't understand how one big rock, the same rock that keeps a semi-tractor trailer from rolling downhill, keeps the Volkswagen from rolling downhill, but somehow it does. It's the magic of Sayulita. People can talk all day long about the waves, the cobblestone streets, the vendors selling beautiful uh, jewelry and things for the house. But to me, the true magic of Sayulita is that one big rock can keep a semi-tractor trailer and or a Volkswagen in place. Uh, so this entire system in this town depends on the rocks. Now, those of you who know me know I am from Chicago and know I've never lived anywhere else than Chicago. And when I say Chicago, I don't mean Wheaton or Madison, Wisconsin. I actually mean the city of Chicago. And when I got to Mexico City, I was super intimidated by how gigantic and populated Mexico City is. Uh, there's like 27 million people and all of them are driving. Um, but when you're living in Mexico City, whatever neighborhood you're living in, that's kind of like as many people as you see. It's not like, you know, you see all 27 million people at one time. And I love Mexico City. But it's a huge city. That did not bother me at all. I come from a big city, although after going from Chicago to Mexico City, Chicago feels like a small town. But 
here, this, Sayulita, this is a small town. This is perhaps the smallest town I've ever been in, although, as I understand it, they're smaller towns, but be tough to find one. Um, but, you know, because it's right on the beach, uh, it does get a lot of tourists. And apparently the city is growing faster than the infrastructure can manage. I haven't experienced any problems except for this weekend, the carnivals in town. And when I say the carnivals in town, I basically mean the same carnival that as a kid uh, I saw at St. Peter Canisius on North Avenue, that carnival. It's not even as big as the Italian feast because Melrose Park is like 30 times bigger than the town of Sayulita. So the carnival that's here has to be the size of like a church carnival. And when I was a teenager, we used to love to go to the St. Peter Canisius Carnival because it was kind of a little dangerous. Um, so that made it more fun. And if you heard a noise in the background, that's the dog that has adopted me. And I'll get to her in a minute. I don't know what she's crying about. It's nothing, I guarantee you. It's probably that she wants to go back to bed because I found a dog lazier than I am here in Sayulita. But that's another story. In any event, the carnival's in town. And it's also Sayulita days, which is another kind of a carnival, basically a carnival of tents, of people selling a lot of stuff. Um, and so it's kind of put a burden, I gather, on the electrical system of the city. So I notice that if I wake up in the middle of the night, all of the power is off. Not just in my place. I mean, it's pitch black everywhere. And it's not like you can call ComEd. I just go back to bed and hope that when I wake up, the electricity will be back on so that I can put the air conditioning back on because it's, you know, a little warm. In any event, um, so it is a busy yet very small town. To tell you about the sidewalks ending, um, because the city is built into a mountain, it's the sidewalks, I don't know how to explain it. You'll be walking on a sidewalk, and then the sidewalk will just end. So if you're not paying attention, you're going to drop about a foot and a half. Happily, I have not made that mistake, because coming from Mexico City, I learned you better watch where you're walking. I am not the person looking at my phone when I'm walking because I'm watching to see when is the sidewalk going to end and I'm going to have to make a quick move to the street. Um, and that usually happens when you're going downhill. Well, I guess it can happen going uphill, but I usually, just like when I learned to drive, I like to make all right turns um, and avoided locations that required me making a left turn. I pretty much like to go downhill in Sayulita. Uh, so it's, it's, it's taking a little getting used to living in a small town. I have a front porch I sit on uh, for a large part of the day where I work and read, and it's awesome, um, but it's, you know, you see the same people going back and forth, and now a lot of people pop in. And I'm not used to a pop-in, but I got a lot of people popping in. Um, a good deterrent for um, keeping people not away, because it's not like I want to keep people away, but I also don't want to encourage a lot of visitors, is I don't keep any beer 
or wine in my kitchen. If I want a glass of beer or a glass of wine, there's only about 10,000 places to go to and get one. But if I can't offer someone a beer or a glass of wine, they don't stick around too long. I've noticed that. So my deterrent for keeping visitors, like I said, not away, but not hanging out for hours, because I guarantee you this is the kind of place where if you have beer or wine and then you have a visitor, that visitor will become the thing that wouldn't leave until all the beer or wine is gone. Uh, so I you know, try to strike a happy medium of I offer a glass of water. I am a human being after all, but um, I don't offer much more than that. And that tends to keep people kind of just, you know, not at bay, but nobody sticks around too long. All right. Now, let me tell you about this dog that you may or may not have heard whining a few minutes ago. And I don't know why she was, because she's been fed, she's been watered, she's been walked. My whole life has changed. Um, And I'm not even saying for the better at this point. I just don't know what to do. So here's what happened about the, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. There's, this is a town where it's a combination of many stray dogs, unfortunately, but also dogs that are not strays, but basically are let out all day long and then they go home at night or their owner swings by in the car and picks them up. I can't figure it out. I'll never figure out the dog system here, but this is kind of like dog town. And a lot of the dogs hang out together on the beach and you know you hope that they are fed and not sick. And for the most part, the dogs do seem healthy and pretty happy, but they're strays or some aren't strays. Um, some dogs have collars, some dogs don't. I, that's my uh, drawing, my, my, that's the line that I draw. If the dog has a collar, I assume it's not a stray. I just assume the dog is set out for the whole day and allowed to roam around. If the dog doesn't have a collar, I tend to think it's a stray, but believe me, I've seen both rules broken repeatedly. Um, I don't know how you can let a dog out, just roam around the town, but the dogs here are smart and tough, and they seem to find their way home. Um, It's just that the streets are so small, and you're competing with trucks and cars and golf carts. Uh, A lot of people at night uh, driving golf carts drunk, Most of those people are the Americans and Canadians. This place is loaded with them, although Canadians are better behaved than the Americans. The Americans are probably the worst behaved um, in terms of driving the golf carts drunk because we're not on the golf course. These are streets, and there's people roaming around and kids and dogs, but that's another story. So I'm sitting on my front porch, and as usual, Um, I notice a stray dog. And so what I had been doing when I got here was I bought some packages of ham and I would offer a stray dog a piece of ham or something. And then what would usually happen is they would take it. The dogs here are pretty well behaved, even the strays. But they would take the ham and um, maybe drink a little water and then they'd move on to their next location. Um, The dogs around here always have another place to go. So, but this particular dog, she kind of looked like a shepherd mix, kind of skinny, ears way too big for her head. Um, I gave her some ham. She was actually eating some garbage. And I was like, well, don't eat the garbage. Um, And I gave her some ham and I gave her some water. 
And I fully expected her to move on. And she sat right down and she stayed and she has never left. And that was like two weeks ago. So I thought, well, I can't keep a dog. I'm in an Airbnb that won't even allow you to have a dog. So my plan was um, I'll let her have a good night's rest. And then, because I think it was a weekend, and then I would call the, the shelter, the animal rescue, or bring her right to the animal rescue and, um, you know, hope that things worked out well for her because I could not have a dog. Well, I found out that the Sayulita Animals Rescue Center um, is they, they will rescue an animal in need in terms of getting the animal emergency treatment and fostering the animal, finding a foster home, hoping for a permanent adoption for the dog. They work with a rescue service in Canada. So what they actually do is arrange to fly a lot of dogs up to Canada. Um, which has to be a huge culture shock for these dogs, but it's still better for them than being strays. And then they go on and have a nice life in Canada. Um, and but I, they don't. What they don't do is take in dogs. What the what the woman who runs the place is huge on is uh, spaying animals, so to keep down the population of stray dogs. And apparently, she's done a remarkable job. She's been here for about ten years. Her name is Sarah, and the organization is called Sayulita Animals. But um, she did not, uh, she doesn't shelter. There's no room to have a shelter. So I wrote to her, and she said that uh, she would help me find a foster uh, to keep her until the dog could go into a permanent home. And I explained to her that I was leaving Sayulita on March 3rd for Vallarta, so I hoped that this could all be accomplished by then, but the sooner the better, because once again, the Airbnb rules of this place are can't have a dog. Okay, so when this dog first showed up on my porch, my neighbor across the street, who I might have mentioned in the last podcast, because she's an old hippie who runs like a gift shop, and she sings really loudly a lot for most of the day, but she's a very nice woman, and kind of a character, although if you call yourself a character, that is not a good sign, because then you're a super character. But in any event, she is a character, but very nice. Uh, She came here from Canada 23 years ago and never left, is what she tells me. And I guess if you're in a certain bar at a certain time, you can catch her singing White Rabbit. I have not managed that yet, but since I hear her singing all day, that's okay. I don't have to go to a bar to listen to her sing White Rabbit, but she's very nice. And when she saw the dog, she was like stopped because living on this in this area for as long as she has and being as outgoing and as musical as she is, she has come to know all the dogs of Sayulita, at least the ones on the north side, because we're on the north side of the bridge. And it's called the North Side, which makes me feel very much at home because I lived on the North Side in Chicago. So it's kind of like, like Sayulita is so small, I don't really think it has a North Side or a South Side. But I like the fact that they think they're big enough to have a North Side. So anyway, she was checking the dog out and she thought the dog was sweet and lovely, but did not recognize the dog. Um, The dog didn't have a collar. The dog you know, just kind of showed up out of nowhere. 
So a few minutes later, she walked over. She came back. She's right across the street from me. She came back with this man, a man I had never seen before, but I was only here for like a week and a half. I don't know anybody in town. Anyway, the man looked at the dog, and I thought maybe it was his dog. And he looked over the dog, checked her out, and said, well, she has mange. And mange is, it sounds awful. It's such an awful name for a disease. But what it is is a little mite or bug or something gets under the dog's skin. Oh, that is pretty awful. And it causes them to lose their hair, which is, you know, horrible. Um, but the dog had mange around the eyes. I had never seen mange before, but it was, I could see what he was talking about. But I said to him, when he told me she has mange, I said to this guy, well, when the vet uh, opens, because the vet was supposed to open in a few minutes, when the vet opens, I'm going to take her to the vet's office, which prompted the man to say, I am the vet. How was I supposed to know? I never got a house call from a vet before, but this woman, Annie, who's next door to the vet, she brought the vet over. So his English is better than my Spanish, but not much. So now I had to navigate a medical relationship uh, for someone else in Spanish. As a side note, if you're wondering, why didn't Annie help? She's been here for 23 years. I'll tell you something. My Spanish is better than Annie's, which I did not take as a sign of hope when I heard her speaking Spanish. Because I always thought, if I'm here long enough, somehow I will just learn the Spanish uh, via osmosis. But based upon what I have heard coming out of Annie in terms of Spanish, that dream may not be possible. In any event, I said in any event a lot, and I don't know why, um, but so I walked, the vet uh, came back with a leash and collar, and I walked over to the vet's office with the dog, which was not easy because even though she had never been here before, she knew exactly where she was going. And uh, he treated her for some common diseases that street dogs get. And, uh, and I explained to him that I was looking for a home for the dog, and he wished me luck with that, but uh, didn't seem to have any ideas. But then uh, over the next course of the next few days, I heard again from the woman who runs the shelter and uh, not shelter, rescue service. And I explained to her what I was doing. And she explained she was still looking for uh, a foster for the dog and understood how important the March 3rd date was. Um, when I took her to the vet the first time, he, like I said, he treated her for some kind of common street dis diseases and then uh, gave her a bath and a flea bath and uh, got her, you know, in pretty good shape. And then I made an appointment to have her spayed because I was terrified that she was pregnant, um, which is, you know, just the way things go around here. But uh, she was not. And then he, uh, I made the appointment to have her spayed and that was going to be in the next couple of days. So... I'd like to stop at this point and just say, if you have ever seen the movie Baby Boom with Diane Keaton and Sam Shepard, you know the end to the story already. If you don't, you got to see this movie because it's such a great movie. It's about a woman who's very busy and very important. It's the 80s, so she's wearing those really bad suits with the ties when women thought they had to dress like men to be successful. 
Um, and she works for like a big stockbroker company or something. And she's totally gung ho. And she's a beautiful Manhattan apartment. And then um, one day she inherits a baby. It's, you know, unimportant how that happens. But she inherits a baby that she fully intends to get rid of. And uh, now if you're wondering if she had the baby spayed, no, she did not. But um, the baby is, uh, while she's waiting to hear from the adoption agency about, you know, getting the baby adopted, uh, the baby gets sick. And over the course of that illness, she bonds with the baby. And then when the couple comes to adopt her, and they're kind of a scary-looking couple and super religious and not in a good way, and uh, just rigid and, you know, the mother, like our vice president, the wife uh, calls the husband father, um, and he calls her mother, which was a big joke in the 80s. Now we actually have... Uh, one the guy one heartbeat away from the president calls his wife mother. So it would be that's that's exactly who the couple was that came to adopt that baby. Like a poor, like an economically poor version of Mike Pence and his wife. Um, like if that couple in the movie was rich, and the guy had a really, I hate to say, good head of gray hair. Um, they would have been the Pences. But anyway, you got to see the movie if you haven't seen it. So what happens to me is this. Um, oh, of course, Diane Keaton keeps a baby and lives happily ever after in Vermont. Um, I take the dog to be spayed. Now, when I bring the dog in to be spayed, it is very important to me that I communicate everything correctly to the vet in Spanish so that no mistakes are made. So there is no veterinary malpractice that I would be responsible for because I'd feel awful. I translate a, a few important sentences before I'm about to leave her to go under the knife. One of those sentences is, she only urinates one time a day. And it was a simple enough construction that I thought I could just get it right when I said it. When I said what I thought I was saying, she only urinates one time a day, uh, he burst out laughing. And of course, I knew that laugh. I have heard that laugh. I got it wrong. I thought back about what I said. He said to me in English, you're very lucky. And I realized something was not right with my translation. And I went back to actually read it. And I realized that instead of saying she only urinates one time a day, I said I only urinate one time a day, which then we both had a big laugh at my expense, which is the way these things always go. Um, he said, don't worry, she'll be fine. Well, she was fine. I mean, thank God she got through the surgery fine. Now my neighbor Annie wanted to name her. And because Annie had been so helpful, I thought, well, I'm going to let her name her. So she gave her a name that in my opinion, it's kind of a hippie name. But since she was so, like, you have to understand, if you haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I hate hippies. I hate them. And so the fact that I am surrounded by them is some sort of a punishment from God, I believe. But Annie was so helpful that I let her name the dog, and she named her Shyla because she's shy. And I might have just preferred shy instead of Shyla. 
like Shy Baldwin from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but it's Shyla, and I couldn't say no because Annie is like her godmother. And I can't believe I actually uttered that sentence. Um, well, the dog is here. I got the dog through the recovery from the uh, surgery. And now I am boiling chicken for the dog because she, it's a long story, but it's hard to get her to drink enough water, but she will drink chicken soup. So apparently I have come to the hottest city in Mexico, hottest town in Mexico, to make chicken soup every third day, a big pot for the dog. Um, just chicken, no onions or garlic. And I would never put garlic in chicken soup, but uh, it's just chicken and broth. It's really not hard. Um, my apartment does, I got to keep the windows open a lot or else this place is going to smell like chicken soup, which I will hate. And don't get me wrong, I like chicken soup, just not when it's like 80 degrees with a thousand percent humidity. So I have made the decision because I don't know what else to do. I'm going to keep this dog. Shyla, say hello. No, she won't say hello now. Sometimes she talks. She doesn't bark. I have to say, for a dog that came from the streets, she's a very good dog. She doesn't bark. She kind of howls or talks the way a husky does. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, they make that weird sound when they want to communicate with you. But she doesn't bark, and she's housebroken. And uh, she's very sweet. She doesn't go after other dogs. She's very friendly with other people. I got so used to making a pitch for her, making her sound like the most valuable dog in all of Mexico, that I still talk about her that way. But all of those things were true. And I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't ready for this. But I don't believe it's a mistake. Somehow, I hope it's all going to work out. And by the way, the I took great lengths to not hide her presence here. But like, for example, when the cleaning lady would come, we'd leave because I wouldn't want the cleaning lady to see her because um, I didn't want her to report back to the manager of the Airbnb that there was a dog here. I would hide the dog food. I would hide her chew toy. Um, I'd put everything back in order so it looked like there was no dog. Hide the, the water dish. And one day, the other, actually the other day, I learned that the people who live next door to me own this building where the Airbnb is. They've seen her every day since I've gotten her. And then yesterday, the manager of the Airbnb stopped by just to make sure everything was okay, and she didn't say a word. So I'm not sure how that worked out, but I am very grateful it did work out um, because I could just picture Shyla and I living on the streets of Sayulita, and that would not go well. Anyway, so is this a mistake? Time will tell. I hope not, but I love her, and if you... Go watch Baby Boom, and you'll see why. Um, I hope you like this episode. I hope you tell your friends about this. I I like to have good ratings only for my ego. Um, I don't have commercials or anything. And, uh, you know, it's just I enjoy doing it. I hope you enjoy listening to it, and I hope you'll tell your friends about it. And if you listen to it on Apple, I hope you'll rate it and give it a good rating even if you have to lie. Basically, please do the equivalent of vote early and vote often. Thank you. Gracias. Adios. See you next time.